days away from Christmas, if that's, uh, if that's what you celebrate, um, about a week and a half away from New Year's, and uh, we sit here ready to talk about another loss. Um, we are now officially in the point of the season where the losses are starting to pile up. Um, the Knicks lost 131 to 109 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Their record now sits at 9 and 24, which is not great. Uh if you're waiting for me to introduce a guest, you are not going to get that because I don't have a guest tonight. You're just getting me solo to do the recap, which I'm kind of happy about because you know, occasionally I I well other than the fact that I just love to hear myself uh think out loud. Um I think it's good to just kind of sit and check in with where this team is at, um, just for myself. And I think, you know, it's valuable to do that because it's right around this point in the season where it's very, very, very easy to kind of get lost in the, in the forest to, to not see the trees. I have one of those, one of these days I'm going to get that phrase, right? Get, get too deep in the forest to see the trees. I, I don't know. There's probably a better way to say that, but you, you get the gist. Um, you know, because going into the season, you know, there was the narratives, there was the, the points that you wanted to hit. And it's not like, again, before the season started, you would have expected anything different from a game like you got tonight where the Knicks lost by 21 or 22, excuse me, to um, a team that is one of the, you know, whatever, three, four best teams in the Eastern Conference, arguably one of the five or six best teams in the entire league. Uh, the Sixers were coming off a bad loss. Again, they were home. They needed a win. And... Yeah, these are the games that you expect a Knicks team full of bad defenders um, and and specifically many defenders which are a particularly bad matchup for a team like the Sixers. Um, you would have expected the Knicks to get their butt kicked, and they kind of did. Um, and before the season, when you think about the fact that games like this are going to happen, you know, you're you're okay with it because you know what the deal is. Um, it's a season where they're going to play kids, where they're going to play guys that are reclamation projects that aren't very good at basketball. They're going to be playing guys that are flawed players that aren't, you know, two way guys that they have some kind of deficiency either on offense or defense. And you, you expect this, but then when the losses start to pile up, which the losses are officially starting to pile up for the Knicks. We're, we're getting dangerously close to the point where they will have uh, one win for every three losses. Um, 
I would expect us to get to that point probably within the next week to week and a half. You know, it could get a little depressing and you could figure out things. I mean, unless you're just a pure tank fanatic in which every loss is like, great. If you're like me and you're like a normal person and you actually care about this stuff and, and you you kind of live in the moment. When the losses pile up, it's easy to get depressed, especially since, you know, they come off a game against the Suns who have six wins and they gave up whatever it was, 69 points in the in the second half at home. You want to come and see them, you know, if nothing else, put forth a better defensive effort, even against a really good team. And, I, you know, I could sit here and I could put lipstick on the pig and tell you how this was a three-point game with under eight minutes to go in the third quarter, and they fought really pretty consistently until the fourth quarter. But it's easy to get depressed. It's easy to look at the final result and say 131 points is 131 points. And I guess what what I want to do really quickly right now is just remind everybody, as much as I'm reminding myself, <laughs> that this is what this season was always going to be. Um, you know, David Fisdale and the staff, they are, you know, obviously they're experimenting with zone. We saw a little bit more zone tonight. Again, just when Cantor was in there, not surprisingly. Um, they're throwing different stuff against the wall um, to try to get a bunch of bad defenders to play decent defense. Um, it's not working yet. Um, it's gotten a little bit worse probably before it's it's going to get better. But again, it's 30, whatever, 33 games into the season. This is a season-long process. Um, and I think we need to give it the whole season before we judge whether or not a guy who came into training camp talking about, you know, and obviously from the day he was hired talking about this team is going to defend you can look at it right now and say after 33 games that, you know, Fisdale's a used car salesman and he is um, selling us a bag of goods. And if you want to do that, that's fine. Um, but I think you need to look at the Knicks' approach to these games. And are they giving up? Are they letting go of the rope? Are they starting from the very beginning of the game? just without that level of trust and without that level of effort that you need, you know, to attempt to be a good team in the NBA. You know, and I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing guys who are coming out and again, they're deficient, but they're, you know, with some exceptions, obviously. Um, but they're trying hard, they're playing together. And if you believe Fisdale is an honest guy, and I do because God knows he's come out and, and called himself out. He's called his team out at times. He said after the game, he likes the approach. He likes the trust that they have in each other. He likes their effort. Um, it's just, you know, there's the bonehead mistakes that a young team is going to make. Um, and, you know, obviously the fact that we should also mention tonight, the Sixers like weren't missing um, and it didn't help that the Knicks couldn't buy a bucket by and large. You know, I, I I don't think he's lying when he says that. Uh, whether he's seeing something that's not there, whether he is, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to be more hopeful than he has any right to be. Um, I guess you could accuse him of that. I mean, I'm I've been accused of being a Fisdale apologist 
and I can't sit here and tell you or try to convince you that I'm not, that I'm not overly skewed positively towards him. Cause again, I have no, I have little evidence to back that up. Um, but you know, I think there are enough signs here that you should, we should take a step back from the fact that, yeah, it's a, it's a game in which they gave up 131 points a night or two nights after they, they really had a poor effort. Um, and be like, okay, this is what this season was going to be. The other thing that this season was going to be was about development. And not just developing the young players, but developing the guys that, well, were also young, but, you know, young one-year projects. Or reclamation guys, if you want. Um, and again, it might not be all the signs that you want to see. But if you're looking and you care to pay attention, the signs are there. Kevin Knox, another game, um, which this was his sixth game in a row. He had over 15 points. First Nick to do that since Patrick Ewing. Finished with 21 on 17 shots. Um, you know, not great efficiency, but for a, a teenager who's the second or third youngest guy in the NBA, whatever he is, uh, you'll take it. Six rebounds. He's probably going to wind up. Well, if he, finish, if he keeps going on this pace, he, he might be the leading scorer among rookies in the NBA in December. So that's great. Um, you want to see him sustain the approach throughout these games. It hasn't happened yet. It's a long season. He's 30. He's not even 30 uh, games into it because he missed several games with that ankle problem. Something else you got to remember when you're judging this kid and judging the, the staff on how they've developed him. Damian Dotson came back after he missed several games. Um, with an injury, 22, 22 minutes, uh, 6 of 11 shooting, 14 points. Again, Damian Dotson, how could you be upset with what this young second-year player has done so far this year? He's been fantastic. Um, obviously, Mitch is still out. Trier's still out. Uh, Frank, uh, you know, I, I wrote about Frank in the post game. I just finished up. I talked about him in the Periscope. I, I know people get on me when I talk about him excessively on these podcasts. So I'm not going to do it right now, but all I will say is that, yeah, one of seven shooting, <laughs> finishing with three points. It is what it is. You can't change those numbers. You can't argue the fact that he is shooting a worse percentage, you know, than, uh, you'd ever want to see from a young player. Um, yeah, I know he's 20, but whatever his shooting percentage is, it is what it is, and it's not good. It sucks. All that being said, his approach tonight was good. This staff took a player that came into the year um, not, not at all embracing the aggressive attacking mentality that he acknowledges he needs to play with if he's going to be a successful NBA player, and... By and large, over the last, what is it now, seven games, um, he's played with that mentality. I, I liked his approach tonight. I thought he picked his spots. I thought he, he attacked when the opportunity was there to attack. He shot when the opportunity was there to shoot, and it was the right play to make. The shots didn't go down. I'm of the belief that they will at some point. If you want to say he's a bust, they're never going to go down, give up on the kid. His defense alone doesn't warrant putting up with this level of offense. You know, that's your right. It's all good. I'm not going to hate on you for it at this point, but I'm not there. Um, so, yeah, 
I think, you know, and I know they're not playing right now. I mentioned them a second ago, Trier, Mitchell Robinson. You know, you have to consider what they've done so far this year to be a plus. Um, I think both guys have exceeded any reasonable expectations that any fan anywhere could have had for them. So, by and large, again, I know it gets tempting to get down on (laughs) certain things and down on certain players in the moment. But if you're judging the staff and you're judging the new regime by how they're bringing these kids along and how they're developing them, you have to be pleased um, overall with the results. And then, you know, I guess last, certainly not least, you know, we toss it around all the time. Everybody's favorite buzzword, culture, right? Culture, culture, culture. What the hell culture means is anybody's guess. Everybody has a different definition of it. You know, Roland Lansby, uh, who wrote uh, Michael Jordan Life, um, great book, by the way, if you haven't read it. Uh, he's a great, great writer. Um, he came out with a tweet, I guess it was yesterday, um, on on Tuesday, and basically said, we're, we're getting to a point where you can't blame the culture anymore on Phil Jackson, or the, like implying essentially that the culture is still, is still crap. Um, and I challenged him on that tweet and I said, you know, what, you know, I'm not sure what you're referencing. It seems like the culture has turned around this year. The team's by and large playing hard. Um, they're playing together. They're listening to the coaching staff. They're buying into what the coaching staff wants to do. You know, and he replied and he said, yeah, I've watched them a bunch this year. And uh, I would agree. I like a lot of what, what I've seen. So, you know, I'm not sure what he, he was referencing. I'm, I'm assuming he was referencing the owner in light of the, the Ian O'Connor piece that just came out, which is fine. I mean, James Dolan's always going to be there. He's not going anywhere. And, um, you know, if, if you want to, if you want to say that the culture in this organization is never going to change as long as he's the owner, again, that's your right to do as a fan. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you otherwise, but what I will do is say that, and I've said this in, in a few periscopes, uh, that I've done over the course of the year, and I'll say it again now. If you look around the league at young teams, it is, and we've seen it, we've seen little blips, instances on, you know, in Phoenix, in, in Chicago. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, blanking on who the other crappy teams are in the league, uh, where we're, you know, guys get down and there's infighting and there's a lack of, you know, buying into whatever the coach, you know, might be, might be selling. We have not seen one ounce of that thus far this year with this team. And if, you know, and, and if you want to blame, if you want to blame, I think Perry's done an amazing job, but if you want to blame Perry for anything, blame him for, putting so many guys on the roster that are in the last year, well, first and last year of their contract in some cases, but a lot of guys are going into free agency. And that is a situation ripe for selfishness, for guys looking out for themselves, for guys griping about playing time, for guys guys griping about not being in the rotation. Um, And if that stuff is going on, we haven't heard about it. And it seems like... By and large, everybody is bought in. And to me, of all the things that I wanted to see, especially coming off that two-year Jeff Hornacek regime, 
regime, whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. Jeff Hornacek's two-year stint as coach. Um, regime doesn't sound like the right word, though. <laughs> um, the thing that bothered you was that if there's one thing that you felt like you weren't getting, it was buy-in. You did not feel like his players at any point in time, really, were bought into, even from day one when he was hired. You didn't feel like they were bought in because from day one, he wasn't even running his own stuff. And I think that remained throughout his entire time and he never got it back. Well, guys are buying in now. It's not working <laughs> all the time. It's not working most of the time. Uh, they're still getting you know, blown out in some of these games. They're still losing. They're still, you know, guys aren't, you know, Frank's not hitting shots. Uh, Cantor's not defending any better. Uh, you know, Timmy has still taken a lot of, a lot of bad attempts. I mean, yeah, it's a work in progress, but if you're talking about guys buying into, to what this staff and what this head coach is selling, um, playing together, playing, trusting each other, I think that's what we're seeing. And I think if you're, if you're sitting here after this loss and you're looking for a reason like, Jesus, why in God's name should I be hopeful about, (laughs) about any of this? Um, I think aside from, you know, even on top of the young players that have progressed nicely, I think that's the reason that if you're a Knicks fan, you have to feel good about what's going on this year so far. Um, and I, I said it before the season and I'll say it again. I think the second half of this year is going to be a lot prettier than the first half. Um, because for as much as training camp and, and preseason is, is great. The systems that Fisdale is trying to put in place, it does not happen overnight. It does not happen over a month. It doesn't happen over a couple months. I think by the end of the season, we will start to see some of the fruits of his labor, um, so to speak. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that was my my second quarter of the season monologue, right? Because I think I had one. I had one of these after like a, a couple weeks. So how about we'll have this be the one for the second quarter of the season. And uh, I'll check back with you uh, with another one of these after, I don't know, let's say 45, 50 games right around the trade deadline. And we'll see if I'm if I'm singing the same tune then uh, or if I'm going to call myself out as being uh, full of shit. Uh, only time will tell. I guess tune in to, to see. Um all right, so the next podcast, just so everybody knows, we're going to be off for a couple days. Uh, the next podcast is going to drop uh, probably on Sunday night. We got Spencer, front office eye, coming on to talk about some of the next uh, draft prospects that they should be looking at. So that'll be uh, probably a little bit of a longer podcast to take you through your uh, Christmas travels, if you have any. Um, and then next week with, with Christmas Eve and with Christmas, probably going to be a little bit of a light week. Uh, I think we're going to have a pod on, uh, next Thursday. So it's going to be a little bit of a light schedule for the next week to week and a half with, again, with the holidays, but, um, there will still be great stuff on nicksfilmschool.com. Um, most importantly, I'm going to get you out of here in under the 20 minute mark, but, uh, before I go check out, um, the Knicks Film School Twitter account, and um, also I'm quite certain you'll be able to find this on our on the website as well. Um, we are still trying to raise money for the holidays, specifically 
we are, uh, I just want to make sure I, I get it right before I say it. Um, yes, we are donating money from here on in. We had a, a previous charitable um, goal earlier this month to help um, a mom that had been diagnosed with cancer. We helped her reach her goal. So that was awesome. Thank you for that if you help contribute. Now we're trying to feed some more families in New York that need help. So it's City Harvest is the organization that we're going to be donating to for the rest of this calendar year. Um, again, we're, we're not asking for much. We're asking for um, can you just give a dollar to become a Knicks Film School Patreon member, a Knicks Film School student? Um, that money again going to City Harvest, or if you want to be a little bit more generous, um, I want to say I think it's six dollars to like feed a whole family. Um, it's 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 not a lot of money, and you know just think about um, how much. Excuse me, it's one dollar will help feed four New Yorkers in a day. So I, I overstated it, but yeah, you know think about how much money you're spending um, over the holidays. I went out and, and bought my wife a way too expensive Christmas present earlier today. Um, and I'll be the first one to say that if I could do that, then I could certainly spend a few bucks, um, you know, on this cause. And I hope you do as well. So thank you for hearing me out on that. Thank you for listening to just me talking for 20 minutes. Uh, cause I don't even like to hear myself talk for 20 minutes. And the fact that you have sat and listened to that, um, I am humbled. Um, <laughs> And yeah, if I uh, don't talk to you again, um, or if you don't listen to the next podcast before Christmas, I hope you have a great holiday. And yeah, hopefully we get a win Friday night against the Hawks because they could certainly use one. I will say that. Um, enjoy the rest of your week and we will be back with you soon.